Before we hear the words of scripture, it is important that we quiet our hearts to hear God's word. Let us pray. God of power and grace, fill us with the wisdom of your word and the understanding of your spirit so that we may be your church, a people with dreams and visions at work in all the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our epistle reading this morning is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, the members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Our gospel reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired to them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. 
And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I am very glad that I managed to get one travel study seminar under my belt before the pandemic hit and we all got locked down stateside. I got back literally a week before things started closing down in Pennsylvania from a travel study seminar in uh, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Mexico. As you all know, I love to travel and meet new and interesting people from new and interesting places. My first international trip was in 2005 when I traveled to Guatemala and I've been hooked ever since. I think I was just born with a sense of adventure and wanderlust. Since 2005, I've been to Turkey, Scotland, Peru, Israel, Palestine, Rwanda, Uganda, Ireland, Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, and back to Guatemala again. I've never been to a place on the planet where I didn't meet Jesus in some way. I've met Jesus in the humble gift of a piece of bubble gum from a small Mayan girl. I've met Jesus in the quiet prayer on the Isle of Iona. I've met Jesus in the majesty of the Andes Mountains and the tranquility of the Sea of Galilee. I suppose that one shouldn't be all that surprising, should it? I even met Jesus once during Ramadan in the kindness of strangers who took us in and fed us late at night when we were tired and hungry and had nowhere to go. What I love about Epiphany is that it's the Sunday on which we celebrate Jesus' revelation to the whole world. It's the day we proclaim that there is nowhere that Jesus isn't witnessed to. We read about the wise men visiting Jesus on Epiphany. That is uh, the standard text for Epiphany. And we, we read about that because they are the first non-Jews that God sends to Jesus, that God reveals God's plan to in Jesus. This is a day in which we recognize that Jesus came for all people, and that all different people find him in different and surprising ways. One fascinating thing I love about being in a different hemisphere, a different side of the planet, is that there are different stars to see than we see here. Looking up at the sky, you see something very different at night. Different places of the world have different views of the stars, and for many cultures, stars bear great 
significance. In some places, stars are appreciated primarily for their guidance in navigation. Other cultures see stars as significant because they use them for astrology. And we see a little bit of both in the wise men narrative. They see in the stars that the new king has been born, and then they use the stars to find their way to him. What a bizarre way for God to speak. We as Christians do not believe in or practice astrology, and yet God used that to lead the wise men to Jesus. It seems so strange. It's like God coming through the voice of Siri or your GPS unit to tell you where to go, but not saying exactly where you're going. The star is almost its own character in this story. What trust the wise men must have had, traveling in a strange foreign land with nothing to guide them, but a navigation system that doesn't tell them exactly where their final destination is, just who they will find there. The wise men don't come because they are told in a traditional way about Jesus, and they don't have a Rick Steve special or a Lonely Planet guide to help them out when they get there. This was long before TripAdvisor or Travelocity or online hotel bookings. Some people come in strange ways because God can work through anything. Epiphany is about Jesus being revealed to all people in many different ways. It's about all people having the opportunity to travel to meet Jesus and to travel to take word of Jesus home with them. Not always literal travel, but life journey. And people search in many different ways. Surprising people sometimes. Surprising ways sometimes. The shepherds were a totally normal sight on a Judean hillside. They weren't exactly making the who's who's uh, lists of popularity, but they were at least a common sight. But rich astrologers from far away, these men weren't even Jewish. They didn't really understand exactly who the Messiah they sought was. They may not have even heard that term before in this context. How strange they must have looked traveling through humble Galilee in their rich oriental trappings. In 2005, as I mentioned, I went to Guatemala on a mission trip. It was a medical team that I traveled with, included doctors and nurses and a few of us who were support staff to hand out medicines and pray with people to work the pharmacy. I also got called on to preach for the first time there in Guatemala, much to my surprise, but that's a story for another sermon. While our home base was in the market town of Chichicastenango, we spent our time traveling out to remote villages. And I'll never forget the first village we arrived at. As our rickety old school bus rattled down the dirt road to the village, children began to run alongside it, waving and shouting. As we got off the bus, they swarmed us, taking our hands and chattering in Spanish. One little girl of about six or seven years old grabbed a hold of me and looked me in the eye and said, Senora, este es un regalo para ti. Ma'am, this is a gift for you. And she held out her little hand and presented me with a piece of bubble gum. It wasn't anything extraordinary, this piece of gum. 
not by our standards anyway. In fact, it felt kind of hard and stale, but for her, it was precious. She had been saving it for who knows how long for a special occasion. This little girl in a village that had nothing, or I thought had nothing, gave me a prized possession saved for a special day. Our friendship was that special day. We'd gone in expecting to give the village something, to build or to fix or to save. But we were humbled that day by the reminder that it wasn't about what we had to offer anyone. It was about seeing Jesus in the eyes of someone with such a very different experience of and perspective on life. What we were given was an unbelievable gift of hospitality and the very finest things the people of that village had to offer. And that mattered so much more than anything we had to give that village. We thought we were the gift bringers, but we weren't. What we had to offer couldn't compare to what we were given in return. People are still searching for meaning, for God. People are searching in many ways, possibly in more ways than ever before in history. But this story we have in today's gospel passage is so ridiculous that we have to stop and take note of God's weird and wonderful creativity. We can't just assume people will hear this news we have to offer in the ways we are accustomed. We have to meet people where they are, just like God does. The same old storytelling isn't going to cut it anymore. We have to reach in and dig deep. We have to know people and figure out what it is they are seeking so that we can point to their star, so to speak, and say, go that way and see the Savior that God has sent. And we cannot ever assume that we are being sent because what we have to offer to someone else is the goal. It's about relationship, first and foremost. When I was in Scotland, we met with a church planter in Glasgow, which is strange for a couple of reasons. Firstly, the structure of the Church of Scotland makes church planting difficult and in many ways unnecessary. Secondly, only about 2% of the population there goes to church regularly, or at least, uh, what was that, almost 10 years ago when I was there, that was the case. I don't know what the numbers are today. But what made this particular parish successful was their willingness to look around and see where people were looking and join in the search with them. They realized that people in their part of the city were really into psychic fairs. So instead of railing against these fairs or trying to convince people not to go, they began setting up a booth at these fairs. Instead of tarot cards, they had decks of cards with scripture on them. And as they dealt out the cards, they would explain how the scriptures that came up might relate to that person's life. They would talk to people about biblical dream interpretation, like that of Joseph or Daniel in the Old Testament, and how God can talk to us through visions and dreams. And people from both the church and the community found Jesus in that special place. We're not meeting people where they are for their sake any more than we are for our sake. God doesn't bring people together so that one superior person can fix another lesser person. The people seeking God at those fairs weren't the only ones who met God there. 
the church learned a lot about who Jesus is, how God speaks, and what exactly is important when it comes to sharing the gospel with others. Jesus wasn't born into the world for a privileged few, nor does knowledge of his presence make any one group of people more important or smarter or better than another. We learn just as much or more about Jesus by meeting new people and exploring new places as we are able to teach or show to those we meet. And exploring the world and meeting new people doesn't have to be a big international trip, although if anyone's interested in something like that, I would be ecstatic to look into some mission opportunities for our congregation to participate in and partner with post-pandemic when we can all leave Pennsylvania again. It can be as simple as getting to know someone from another part of the city or another social class or another race. It might be volunteering at a shelter or a hospital or a jail or a nursing home. Bonus points if it's somewhere out of your comfort zone, some place that makes you uncomfortable. This is how we grow. Jesus' light is not just revealed through us when we are traveling and exploring near and far. It is revealed to us when we are traveling and exploring near and far. Just like that little girl in the dusty Guatemalan village taught me. When we meet people where they are, we ourselves grow and change and see God. We see God in the family that takes us in to share a Ramadan meal with them when we're in a strange town late at night with lost luggage. We see God in those seeking meaning in strange places. We see God in the native women and children who sing a beautiful welcome song to us when we arrive on their strange floating island. We see God in the face of the homeless man when we acknowledge him as a special child of God. The star words that you got in the mail this past week, and I got confirmation from several of you that you did get your star words. A few people accused me, uh, jokingly, I hope, of, uh, of picking them on purpose, but uh, you should have those already. And if you didn't get one, please connect with me or check the church blog for a link to an online star word generator. But these star words are a reminder for us all year to be looking for God in all places. Sit with that word, wrestle with that word, put it somewhere you can contemplate it, and ask God to lead you through it. Follow it into new and interesting growth and exploration in your relationship with God and the people around you. Where is God leading you with that word? Who is God sending you out to meet? Who is God sending out to meet you? Amen.